Welcome to the official Love Redemption After Show, a, a very, very distinctive, distinctive podcast. podcast. I'm Yel Teagle. I'm Felicia Michelle, and this episode is the work-study job. Did Ooh. you work or study in college, Yel? I tried to go to college. I tried to. I, I did, but I didn't work and I didn't study. Same. But this episode is a lot of hard work from our team, and it's a really great episode. Check it out. We're talking about the work-study job. Um, what did you think about this episode? What a jerk. <laughs> what a jerk. He was a jerk. He was a stinging jerk, and I'm so happy he got what he deserved. Yeah, uh, we had guest star Rob Benedict. Um, all the Supernatural fans are probably very <laughs> excited. Um, but I agree. What a jerk. And also what I, I loved about this episode was it talked about the duality of being brilliant, talented, amazing, and also dealing with anxiety and how that can cripple people being able to see those gifts and people taking advantage of, of you in that circumstance. So I thought that was great because it wasn't just like you showed my anxiety that hadn't accomplished anything. She was extremely accomplished, extremely brilliant, brilliant enough to steal from, but she also had to fight that to show her brilliance. You're totally right. This episode really did show that. But it also like on top of that, we have the story of how uh, in academia and it, as in with a lot of things, men will be believed and listened to and women will not be believed or listened to. We had this happen again and again in this episode. And then on top of that, how like college institutions uh, care more about some of them care more about money and tenure yeah. and prestige than like, you know, <laughs> teaching and learning and, and having brilliant alum. It was a lot of layers on this episode. Well, I think also, too, it just showed that there can be blind spots, even when you're not necessarily like I don't think the dean knew that he was doing anything wrong. I think he really thought he was like proceeding with the best interest of the students and the school at heart. But just because you're you think it's not bad doesn't mean you're on the right side of things. I think it was like really good opportunity to step back and take a full look at what is going on here. Absolutely. And and if you take that and look at Harry, who also was like, no, but we can do this. <laughs> like, we don't have to do the crime. We can do this through the, the channels. He also thought he was on the right side. And I appreciate that the team was like, OK, Harry, we're going we're gonna to let you try it. We're going to let you try it your way. And then we're gonna then we're gonna do all the crime. Yeah, I mean, it, it was messed up because it should have just been settled the way that he did. the The way that he went about it was the right way. You expect you know law and and policy to be in place to ensure fairness. It doesn't always do that. Um, sometimes law and policy doesn't move as fast as we as a society move. Um, so it was good that he tried. Um, and also, you put somebody in a predicament who was not going to be able to rise that occasion anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it sucks because, and he, as a lawyer, I thought he would have had a better idea, you know, kind of that, like, oh, well, would you put her on the stand if she was a witness? Probably not because of mm -hmm. her anxiety. But, and and I think the team didn't realize how severe it was either. They kept saying, oh, just, just do it. Like, just, you know, just do this thing. Sometimes it's, a little more than I know what I'm doing sometimes is like having that confidence and she just didn't have it, but she got it. Yeah. She got it. I really love the scene um, where Emma and Brianna and, and Sophie are talking and she explains like, I take meds for anxiety. Oh. Without them, I can barely speak to other people. And <laughs> heck, it's um, hard even talking to you now. And then we actively see her having a panic attack. And I mm -hmm. think that that is 
it is a helpful visualization for a viewer who may not necessarily experience this or understand it, but know people who deal with these issues. So I really appreciated that we got to see it happen. That's the part that our team does with people. They try to make them better than they left them Mm. a lot of times. This is not unique. They do this for a lot of people, whether that's righting wrongs or just instilling some level of confidence, like the ability to speak up for yourself or that you weren't wrong in the situation, like the vindication that it gives, you know, so. We also have uh, Sophie going undercover a couple times um, in this episode. We have her first um, to distract the guy that's trying to buy or lease the rights from Dr. Gray. And that then we hilarious. and then we have her as a doctor, as a as a yeah. professor herself. I was laughing at that guy. She ran him up out of there. He was going, so I can't deal with this. I'm out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh. She was he was like, it's a lie detector. She's like, no, it's detecting the lies you tell yourself. That's terrifying. Yeah, I, yes, that is terrifying. <laughs> That's hilarious. He was like, I'm out of there. Goodbye. Can't do it. Um, um <laughs> But her it's it's funny because like uh, Brianna says, Look, Sophie can freestyle. She's a great actress, but you're, she doesn't have the the knowledge that you have. You need to talk to her. Yes. And I was laughing so hard because like it's it, it's so slow because this young lady obviously is like needs to speak a little faster. She is not. She's new on the earpiece. The standard model. The standard model doesn't provide the evidence. Does not provide the evidence that a, that we can use a three-step three-step proton proton to pi on to pi on to muon accelerator to muon accelerator I, I, I was like this stuff is hard this is hard I was like oh I would be messing this up I'm glad she's doing a word at a time <laughs> and I think the way that Sophie played it was so brilliantly right like not just that she's listening and hearing the word for the first time but also this this professor is standing in front of you and he's pressuring you. And so you you, you stumble over your words and, and, and you got to figure it out. And I think it was so beautifully done. It was so well, perfect. She kind of came in like a hot mess express a little bit. So yes. it was like very much on it was on track. Yes. With her character for sure. On the other side, I want to talk about Elliot and Floyd and this army of employees because first of all Floyd that was adorable. Floyd reminded me of Dennis from last season <laughs> from the Rolling on the River job so much. And now I really would love to see Elliot and Dennis and Floyd and all of the staff. Like how fun would that, that be? Okay, what I like what I loved about that is that it really showed like a power dynamic and right and that people would think they're a powerful like the Dr. Grays of the world who report to your boss over the smallest things or get upset and like, you know, try to get people in trouble. Like that really like the unseen that's who really has the power mm-hmm. the people who are, are the the custodians the people who are doing all the maintenance people who are doing security that's who runs this thing here and makes it go every day like, you being here is great but like these are people that keep it going on a daily basis and kind of like having a respect for that so i love that like they had their own little like underground group <laughs> that if you if you was really starting some stuff they knew that because of your position that they can't retaliate on the same level but on our level where we control things we can make the changes that we want to make. Yeah, there's... Like not taking people's trash out for three weeks. That was hilarious. Honestly, <laughs> I think that um, it, it's so nice that this show, again, like this episode is showing us all these injustices. It's showing us people with anxiety. And it's showing us that like there are people that we as a society take for granted. There are people that make sure things run and, and there are jobs that are needed and we need to treat people better. Yeah, so respect is crazy because he already had a reputation. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Elliot locking him. Right, when he locks him in, he's like, 
<laughs> I'll let him out. He's like, no. I was like, don't no, let him out. <laughs> it was cute because Elliot was like, I can't, I can't take this guy out. Like, I, I he instinct, <laughs> he like, he knew like, mm-hmm. this is a kindred spirit. This is a good person, and without wanting to, I really probably add on to any more things to be forgiven for, redeemed for. He was like, not him. Like, we'll do. I'll do. Ain't not him. I'm not gonna hurt him. No. No, because it's caterpillar. And how, and and how about that? And how about that? They ended up really helping our team majorly. Yes, to get to get this guy. Yeah, they were so important. I loved it. It's like can't sit here. Can't, nope, can't come here. Nope, nope, that's not gonna work. Sorry. It actually reminds me of <laughs> Sophie's acting class from the original series that she would bring in when they needed people in their in their cons where they were like all right we need to fill this restaurant or we need to fill this bank i love so like to see it i really i really hope we see floyd and all these people again well he he did tell elliot that you know you're one of us now Mm -hmm. like you are here like i know that you probably really weren't working here but you are one of us and so i think floyd's a smart enough man to know something is not exactly up on the up and up with Elliot being there, but that Elliot's a good person and he was there for a good reason. Um, and it was cute. He gave like a little badge and stuff and I was like, oh, so nice. The whole team, they I, it feels like they didn't ask questions. <laughs> they were like, what do you need to do? And Elliot's like, just don't let him leave. And they were like, got like, it. Great. Hate we this got- guy too. Right. Sure. Yeah, he's trash. Like, we'll do whatever you say. Like, anything against him. No, no problem. No questions. Let's do it. Like, oh, oh, the other guy leaves his dirty diapers, brings his dirty diapers and oh, we're going to leave them. Yeah. Yes. It was like there was a gavel and everything. We're going to leave that. Okay, that's a decision. Boom. (laughs) Um, We also have uh, at the end of the episode, Emma has to step up. Emma has to speak up and and explain everything to our tech billionaire. No, no. It's a huge jump. It's more than just speaking up and getting up and speaking to tech. Emma had to put on a harness. (laughs) (laughs) Emma had to go down elevator shaft. Mm -hmm. And then Emma had to write her formula on the on the light up board yeah. on there because I thought she could need a marker. I was like, is she about to write on this thing? And then Dean was like, uh-uh, no, <laughs> it. Was, I got it. It's fine. She can write on it because yep. I'm thinking, no matter if it's brilliant if, or if it's great or not, this person will probably replace this. Like it's a sign in an in elevator, right? You know? Also, I need a pen. Boop. There, there, there. It falls. <laughs> there it is. Asking, you shall receive. <laughs> um, speaking of the tech billionaire Darren Nash, we also had another tech billionaire. Uh, in space yes um i i thought that was such a perfect way (laughs) to include hardison in this case to see him again uh it was just such a brilliant use of where he is and i i really wonder if his going to space was like known and therefore used in this episode that way or if that was this was the decision that was like oh he'll be in space and then we can use it in this episode because it was so good. It was so good to see him. And I, I believe it. It feels right. That felt like a real character. Um, and something else that happened, too, is that that seed that Elliot's dad had planted in Brianna about mm-hmm. going to college, th- yeah, going to college was was there. And she felt it. It was funny because they pull up this whole thing and Dr. Gray is out, you know, and, and then she's like, but can you still read my paper? Like, are you still going to read my paper? OK, no. <laughs> No. And the fact how she was able to get in his office and explain to him and like fight for herself. And that felt really authentic. That didn't feel like a part of the con. That felt like, could I do this? Okay, I'm doing this thing. Even though I know I'm here for a purpose. If she wanted that, if that had been an actual opportunity that she wanted to receive, 
she would have gotten it. Look, she fought for herself. She showed him that she knew what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, was even a little sassy, which I liked. Considering the fact that they're only proven in two dimensions, if I could do that, I wouldn't need a PhD. Like, right. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, you know, we got to talk to Elise about it. So we will have that coming up. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Elise, I want to talk about the work-study job. Uh, this is an episode where we are at the university and we get to see um, Brianna again taking a a leading role, helping out, working with the victim. Um, And this is after the post, uh, this is after the fractured job. So she has this idea of going to college in her brain. Um, Do you, do you think that Brianna would leave the team to go to school? Um, I mean, I, I, I think it depends on what it's for. I, I don't think Brianna can really get with the whole, even though she, she grows to accept some of it um, through the work-study job, um, I don't think she can really like last long in the institution. I, I definitely think Brianna's a little too, you know, too much of a, a rocket to really get down like that. But um I don't know. I kind of love that for for her as well. Like if I, if I didn't go to college for acting, I would have gone to college for chemistry because I'm a chem nerd. That's where my nerd comes in. Titration team. What's up? Hit me with some phenolphthalein and an unknown acid and a known base. And I will get that joint balanced out perfectly. But I think that the love for knowledge is something that is very strong in Brianna. So I don't see why she wouldn't do college either. It would have to be the right college. It would have to be something a little like, you know, off the beaten path. I don't think she could go to like an Ivy or something like that and really Hmm. exist as her full self. I mean, she'd definitely get in. It's just whether she would want to go. I think she'd get in just to say no. I think that's definitely Brianna's Brianna's speed, you know? This sibling relationship has really evolved over the last two seasons. Where would you like to see this, this, you know, sibling rivalry grow to or become? I mean, for me, I think it would be dope to see them run a con together, kind of like we've seen them go back and forth, you know, challenging each other, pushing each other. But I think together completely in sync on the same page they'll be in unbeatable unstoppable and i want to see them challenge like 10 of the baddest hackers you know what i'm saying and they just take them all down doing some crazy you know black market cyber espionage type of stuff but you know we we just because we are an unbeatable force together we come at them from all different angles and atypical angles as well sometimes not even always the traditional techno technological route you know we have different tools but i want to see we've already seen them work well adversarially i want to see what it looks like when they are on the same page and they are going at the world because i don't think they can be stopped i don't think they can be stopped either i think that's world domination after that point it's like hey you know what i'm saying the only thing we just have to stop ourselves from digging a little deeper into crime because you know your boy might shave off a couple of extra coins from the reserve you know what i'm saying they don't need it they don't need it I'll do something good with it. Good as in? Like, you know, go get a manicure or in right. a pedicure. Right. Because, like, you know, if I don't have no pedicure, then my claws just be out in the world. And it's pretty disrespectful to everybody who I be walking by. Um, I've scared children. It's It gets ugly. It's hurtful as well. 
emotionally deeply. But you know, y'all you know, do stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Self care is world care. If you if you you feel me? Take care of yourself first. Exactly. Otherwise, start with the man yeah. in the, the get flip. get your peoples by getting you. you, you exactly. You so yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's I think that's that's what I'm gonna do. Um, I was going to say, I echo the same thing. I think it would be great to see us both on the same side. I think it'd also uh, be good to maybe see where we both come from. Oh, my gosh. We need to meet Nana. A little Nana moment would be nice. Uh, Yeah. That's all I have to add. I feel like it would be funny if, like, we had other siblings who are mad straight up and super corporate legit like oh i just happen to be the president's chief of staff and i'm your you know bigger brother y'all sitting here doing all this criminal stuff and hey you know you never know who we're connected to but i'm pretty sure everybody's pretty high profile so but we gotta meet nana actually elise yes who do you think should play nana oh Put you on the spot. You weren't ready. You wasn't ready for that. Look at look at her. Yeah, she, she she wasn't ready. You know, I don't mean to be a downer, but I would have said Cicely Tyson in and um, out all day. No, That's that the would, best. That would be perfect. straight up perfect. Honestly, um, be perfect. But yeah, like a Margaret Avery, like uh, I don't know. I'm talking big legends now. Like you know, like. Give me another Keith David moment. Um, yeah, those are my two. Who would you say? Um, also, Kathy Bates is just, I don't know why that's coming to mind, but that's hilarious. Kathy Bates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph is, I think, pretty amazing. Um, she's the first person comes to mind the only person that comes to mind so i think it would be Cheryl. yeah i mean whoopi is also like yo whoopi will be fine Done. because whoopi you automatically know nana don't take no mess whoopi would be fine Period. <laughs> um yeah think whoopi oh man um you gotta shut it down with that one i ain't gonna lie I really want that now, especially because you've got the Star Trek tie-in, which is like something the show loves to do. And for for the most random suggestion ever, I think we put Lizzo in some really old makeup and have Lizzo do it. (laughs) Because Lizzo's funny. That's so bad, though. (laughs) Like, it's Lizzo. Lizzo, Uh, I'm saying. Lizzo, Lizzo would you mind funny. being an old lady real quick? She's like, yeah, if I can bring my flute. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. Nana be sitting there playing the flute. You know what I mean? Doing her thing. But Lizzo, mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. Put her in some old makeup. She'll be all right. She can. Mm-hmm. She's fine. I've never wanted anything more. <laughs> but, you know, who doesn't want to meet Nana? Yes. Like, like I mean, come on. I'm dying to meet Nana. Like, you know, Sophie and Nana could be like, interesting yeah it could be an interesting meeting like she's either going to be like really like warm and loving and thank you for looking after my babies or nana's going to be like it it's your fault that they're on you know in the life of crime but you know we all want to meet nana don't we 
Really and, nice. you know, I think that next year, next season, you know, hopefully, um, maybe Sophie's back in the game, back in the love game. You know, I would like to see her maybe meet somebody else. Um, that would be fun. I I would like to see her also date. Um, I'm just going to say it and it might piss off the fans. So we might cut it out of the show. But her and Harry cannot get together. No. You're absolutely right. That's, um, no, uh, uh, you know, a couple of people said that to me yesterday. I was like, you're backing the wrong horse. They're like, so they're like really good friends. And it's so refreshing to see a friendship that why would you want to like ruin that? You know, nothing against, you know, Harry, of course, like, you know, he's an attractive man, but also um, I think that it's so refreshing to see a really nice adult uh, friendship between, um, a man and a woman that why would why would you ruin that but i think I, I like the idea of maybe sophie meet someone who um she's nervous about you know like everybody has to kind of like give their approval you know yeah <laughs> or maybe i said to dean i remember said maybe she's like swiping and she's just like a series of guys that comes through the the season and they're like no yes no yeah like it would be funny if she was like internet dating or. I, I actually really like that. I would also love, I mean, if you remember in like the original series, Elliot, sometimes in episodes, just a girl would like walk through and you like, there yeah. was one time when he was injured. And so he's like, I hired a nurse. Um, and so like, we just saw people coming through and I would love to see for Sophie, just, yeah. you know, every episode starts with a different person leaving. Yeah, or it'd be so funny, like, if she's suddenly in a bad mood and they're they're like, why are you in a bad mood? And she's like, I just got stood up. You know, why would it? Yeah, like, it'd just be funny. Like, um, yeah, I think she's, you know, she's, let's not give our game away because I haven't pitched it. I haven't pitched it to Dean and um, and Kate yet. So uh, we'll see. But I think, yeah, I think next year she could uh, be back in the game. Yeah. What would you like to see happen? Tell me. Um, I want more of Parker's backstory. Yeah, um, I, time, she, right? Yeah, and she's so fascinating. Um, I would love to see Sophie and Harry go on a double date. Um, oh, that would I be hilarious. That would be so funny. Oh my God, that's a brilliant idea. Because Thanks. she Sophie would be like, no, he doesn't like that. And Harry would be like, no, no, she doesn't take her tea like that. And then, <laughs> and then the, the dates could be like, what's going on? Right. Cause, oh, oh man, that'd be so fun. Um, I also, I've been begging and I will continue to beg for a Hanukkah episode. A Hanukkah episode. Yeah. That would be cute. Or what about, um, even a, a Seder night? <laughs> that would be so intense. Yeah. A Seder night episode. That would be so funny. I have so many, I, I mean, it's terrible because I, I have so many ideas all the time. Like, how about we do this? How about we do that? And I, I probably, um, you know, have should ingratiate myself into the thing I'm not good at is the, I would write an episode. You know, Noah wrote an episode this year. Yeah. It was really good. The thing that I wouldn't be able to do are the cons. I'm great mm. with all the kind of um, asides and the setups and the comedy and the emotional stuff and what's happening with the characters. <clears throat> but I wouldn't know what they do with the cons. I mean, it's so complex and so structured and so dense. I, I wouldn't have a clue how to do that. Well, then you and Noah can work together. 
Yeah, we had we did talk about a couple of um uh ideas last year. I gave him I gave a couple I gave him a couple of my best ideas. Let's see what he does with it. Because yeah. the season is it's just full of like nuggets of love and and learning from Sophie. She's like teaching everybody and taking care of everybody. And it's just so it's such a Sophie season, um, especially yeah. compared to last season, which was really hard for her, you know? Yeah, and you know, last season, look, it was a blessing that we, um, you know, did an. A, a, I hope we did, um, you know, the show justice. But you know, you're introducing new characters, and that's a formula, and that takes up a lot of oxygen and a lot of space. Whereas this season, I think we've been allowed to like fly, be in that world. We know the characters. We know what speed we're going at. I've got some really lovely stuff with uh, with Elise. I really liked my um, little storylines with her where, you know, Sophie's saying you you don't have to, you don't, you've got options. You don't have to just attach yourself to this group of misfits. You There's a big wide world. You have so much potential. You're so bright. You're so um, energetic. And I love that. You know, it's a completely different relationship from the one she had with Hardison when he was younger or even with Parker when she was younger because they were, you know, in. They had, this was their life. It was their childhood. They were all equals in terms of, you know, their criminal past. So what she did was enable them to be better and be better and be better. But I think with Elise, she's really kind of, looking at her and going, you have options, you could have a whole other life. You don't have to, you know, be here with us. I, I really, that was, that was a lot of fun too. Yeah, I had great stuff this season. Right? This season was so um, beautiful yeah. to see Sophie, you know, I mean, grief continues throughout life, but to see her be able to take charge and and make decisions and be part of the team more so than than last year where she was refining herself it was just so beautiful this season yeah and i loved um you know i got to do some really fun comedy comedy this season again i loved um the work study job the stuff i did with um rob benedict when i was the science professor when i read that character she was another one that just jumped off the page and it was really funny because when i went to the fitting um, Nadine saw her as a completely different character and I was like no I know exactly who she is she's a cross between the woman from the character I played in the um, first contact job and the character I played in the office job and she's got a she's an amalgamation of those two and then we didn't even buy any of those um, costumes we went through my old archive rails and it's all stuff that I had on my rails that we like just knitted together, things I'd worn before and stuff. So the whole that whole character was a sort of um ode to other um other con characters that I played. And I had such a blast. I mean, we were laughing so hard, it's a miracle we even got through those scenes, me and Rob. It was just hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it was hilarious to watch. I, I love that. That's so fun. What a fun secret we now know about the costuming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think also, if you, you know, just like story wise, it makes sense that she would use things that she already has, yeah. because uh, although they have limitless money, um, they do also have a closet full of stuff they could pull from. Yeah. And I'm always a great believer in um, letting the audience see it happen too. like in that episode, I put the fake fringe on in, in vision and put the code on in vision. And, you know, last year I had that 
scene with um, Hardison where I took my heels off and put my flats on. And I, I, I think it's really nice. Those aren't things in the script, but those are things. Uh, those are things we kind of I add to it because I think it's really nice for the audience to see that all like how it, like that all transpire as well. It's just a little bit of added fun. Yeah, um, the part where she puts the fringe on, I was like, <laughs> I have a fringe like that. It is very difficult to just slip it on like that. I yeah. can't. Did you? Did they stop and fix it for you, or did? Are you just a pro? I would just, you know, I just like it. Just worked. It just worked every time. I think it worked every time, and I think it was quite a hard. If I'm correct, I think it was quite a hard shot because Christians and Vision at a distance watching me do it. So there was quite a lot of moving parts. But yeah, it just it just worked every time. You got to teach me. All right, I'm going to come over. We're going to go shopping. <laughs> You're going to teach me how to clip the fridge in. Yeah, those are fun. <laughs> those fringes. They, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, actually, uh, that the very first day of the season, I was talking to uh, one of the hair people. I had Ali and we had Haley this year. And I was like, what you got? What you got in your bag of tricks? And on the very first day, she pulled that friend. I was like, we're definitely using that. We'll have to wait for a character for that. And then we find a little moment for it. Oh, yeah, that was fun because I did a sort of Scandinavian. I enjoyed working on that accent. Um, that wasn't in the script either. I think she wasn't foreign. But I, I was like, I think this, she, I think she's Scandi, this character, and we, I just sort of like made it up. You've got to see this. Come on, come on, come on. Brianna's an interesting character in so much as she's, she's the one who is not, she doesn't have a past. She's not formed yet. Everybody else has a past, and that informs their choices in the future. She doesn't really have one. She has a wide open field in front of her. She could do leverage she could be um a, a leverage member for the rest of her life but she also could veer in many many different directions she could do this for just a little while and then find something else that she wanted to do or figure out something else i feel like we would be doing an injustice to the character if we didn't show that there are there's there's a wide world available to her and in part because she's become a, a member of leverage uh she's able to see a lot more of it that's just that that is one of the reasons that we wanted to talk a little bit more about why about Brianna's options, I guess. Could you see Brianna leaving the team and and doing doing something else, going to school? I mean, I think that I I, I first of all, I want her around as long as humanly possible. Um, but I think that, you know, there's 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 night school, there's uh there's master's degree programs you can do online, there's there's stuff like that. <laughs> there's there, there's more options than just you do one and you do the other. You can do many, many things. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. I was real scared that we're setting up for Brianna to leave. And I was not excited about that. Here's even more with John Rogers, the co-creator and consulting producer of Leverage Redemption about the work study job. Work study is great because I actually get to do some physics research again. And I always love when, when we sort of look at uh, the the way that the characters brush up against the the regular world and the way that the characters brush up against authority, um, you know, uh, is it Stephen Jay Gould? I think it's Stephen Jay Gould. We're talking about Einstein's brain when Einstein's brain was being dissected. So I'm much less interested in the folds of Einstein's brain than I'm in in the fact that millions of people as smart as Einstein died in cotton fields and work camps, and just because we have a system in place that elevates talent of a certain type and that can maneuver in that 
that power structure doesn't mean that if you can't survive in that system or to thrive in that system, pardon me, you're not a person of value, probably even smarter or more productive than those th- that, that structure. And so I think that was interesting, was not to just have somebody in that situation who was uh, the victim was had been wronged, but been wronged because she had an inability to play that game. Mm-hmm. And then Brianna being kind of uh, never university, going to go to university, or she might now, but, but the idea that she can thrive and make be productive and do anything these people do, she just doesn't want to play by those rules. And deciding whether to play by those rules and how those rules interact with power is is a really important subtext to the episode. That is enormously fun, uh, and we got to do a bunch of cool jokes and fun characters with it. Yeah, and we also got to see um, Harry and how he is the person who work, likes to work in the system. Yeah, I mean, that's why he's always been a fixer. Uh, Harry, being locally well-known and a local part of the power structure means putting the show in New Orleans really gives you something we never had in the old show where we had to cold start every time. Mm. Where this time, sometimes Harry just knows these sleazeballs because he used to be a sleazeball. And it gives us a different dial on the con that we didn't have before, which is cool because when you made the only con and heist show that's run this long in the history of television, you need more dials as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was such a fun uh, way to see them play together, uh, especially because you know, they started together and their story keeps bumping into each other. Yeah. With Harry and Brianna. Yeah. And that's and and it's interesting because, you know, Noah's a very generous actor. Uh, you know, uh, the Noah's daughter is in the first season. And so I think there's there's a very natural chemistry towards, you know, that friendship rivalry mentor situation where he is not a mentor to her in crime in any way, shape, or form, but he understands the way the regular world works in a way that she will never understand. Mm-hmm. You know, regular. Uh, not necessarily good, but, you know, the, the, the accepted power structures. And so I think, yeah, they have, like, unexpectedly this really great, unique friendship that just kind of came up between the actors and the, the characters. Mm-hmm. And the more you see how scenes you write one way play... You go, oh, next time we write that scene, we're going to lean a little bit more that way because we know that's where they go naturally. And then you wind up creating a genuine uh, relationship in the show. Yeah. Uh, having him in his town, right, having him in his place where he does have a life yeah. uh, really allows for more opportunities like this one. And we could probably learn more about his backstory and the people. No, you know, no, there's no backstory. <laughs> we don't do backstory. Backstory is the enemy of fun. Um, we did all the backstory you need the first the first season. I mean, you find out about his marriage, you find out about his daughter, you find out about his job. <laughs> you're good. You're good enough. But what about his best friend from college? No, I'm sure. By the way, third season, I'm sure Harry will get a phone call. Oh, my best friend from college is in trouble, and off we go. And you'll be cackling in the corner. I'll be like, well, here we go, more backstory. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, but again. We, that's empty because we want to what if we find a great story for Harry's character and we're like well how do we get him in friend from college yeah you know the uh, that was why we used we had the priest in season one because we wanted to show that you know Nate's very specific religious Jesuit Catholic upbringing so it's like but that was about oh this is a story about faith let's use a backstory element that reinforces it so if we find I promise you if we find something that makes sense for Harry you will meet the human from Harry's backstory you crave wonderful <laughs> I I crave backstory. I know you just like you just, <laughs> ah. 
<laughs> Bring me another banana Sunday of backstory. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. We know that you have so many questions and we've been asking them on your behalf all season long. So let's go check out what you wanted to know and what secrets the cast told us about. Somebody would like to know if you have a favorite part of the HQ. I think my favorite part of HQ is upstairs in the attic space that we created. That was really fun because we rarely shoot upstairs and I, I like all the nooks and crannies and the way that we can travel with the actors along the balcony and all that stuff. I, I like the upstairs. There's a little sitting area upstairs, um, right off the exterior balcony that's quite comfortable. It's often where they put the cast to um, relax in between takes. And you can look down on the whole set, good view. I like that. My favorite part of HQ is the courtyard, I think. Yeah, the courtyard's great. You know that they did a hot glue gun to make like little cobwebby things to age it? I was like, no one's ever gonna see this, but you guys are really artists for doing that. Sometimes, if you're tired enough, it really makes you feel like you're in a beautiful, gorgeous, romantic courtyard, if you're tired enough. My favorite part of HQ is always gonna be the hub with the screens, honestly. I think that was where I found most of my comfort performing in terms of finding Hardison, finding his character. That's where, that's where he lives, that's where he thrives, right? So for me, that's fun. It's also the greatest challenge in, in terms of being able to deliver this very complex contextual paragraph where you're dealing with all the, the exposition. This is what the mission is. This is what we're doing, how we're doing it. How do you make that fun and palpable and exciting? You know. So for me personally, I'm always challenging myself to figure out where my keys are to strengthen my skills, that's where it's at. And I think Hardison really was found in front of those screens. So it uh, carries a lot of personal value to me. I like your little corner with the I like with my the corner bag. with yeah. the punching bag and yeah. the weights. It's a little pretentious with the weights, but Noah wanted me to do some stuff. But the punching bag's fun because it, it really says Elliot and a lot of people have uh, commented on that online. So that's, you know, it's my, it's my little niche over there. That's my favorite place. That's her favorite place. I think one of the favorite activities we do in there is I find myself still to this day just staring at all the New Orleans artwork all over it. I mean, you can just get lost. And I know exactly where every picture's at and I know exactly what they are. But I still just love looking up and looking at all the pictures and the stuff that Randall has done. And he builds the most unbelievable sets, man. The HQ is really dramatic. Every time you walk in there, it's like, oh, wow, it does feel like a stage. It feels like a theater and, you know, it's fun to walk in. But we wanted to create like cozy spaces. So we've got a new little space. I asked if we could, Sophie's fixed up the courtyard and maybe she's put in like a little, some outdoor furniture, sofa, a little fire pit maybe. And so, yeah, we made a little nook. I like little, I like it when we find little nooks. We've always done that, you know, in all our different HQs, had our little favorite um, spots. Okay, so I got to go and, you know, we got to do an amazing tour of the set and there's this, this little tiny area in it. And it's a little nook and it has a, a special reservation for uh, Gina and Mikey. Can you explain to me what that little sign is? As actors, we're all really different. Some people walk on set, they know their lines 100%. Like Noah, he always knows his line 100% really prepared. Christian. <laughs> I like to search for him. He likes I like to, to yeah, search for him in my head. Them, whereas, but I like to work from the paper. Like I like to rehearse on paper, which is maybe a bit frustrating for some of the other actors. So I always have my bag, I always have my paper. So I found that little nook and I dumped my script there and I dumped my bag there and I dumped my bottle of water there and my mask there. 
And then suddenly Mikey, our first AD, starts like dumping his bag in there and his script and his mask and his water. And then it became a kind of like romantic dinner for two situation where he had one chair and I had the other chair. So now it's Mikey and I share the little nook. So obviously the city of New Orleans is like a silent character in this show, but you, you're, you're living here. So what are some of your favorite activities to do when you're not on set? I love all the live music in New Orleans, you know, the energy and the people and the atmosphere. There's just no place like it. And I, I really love walking around outdoors. It's just so beautiful here. We just went out for oysters the other night. Yeah, we did. We did. We got off work early. So me and her went and we had a a couple of uh, a couple of cocktails and had like we like three dozen oysters and we work really hard so when we're not working you know we go we play golf and we go to restaurants and we listen to music and we do all the things that you know this city is known for i remember one friday night we were working in our stages last year and suddenly our producer brandon walked on set and went okay everybody tools down tornado's coming you have 20 minutes to cross the bridge so we're all getting our cars and had like 20 minutes to drive across the mississippi and i yeah. was like you know, it's crazy. I, our, our, um, we have a set here um, uh, on the on what we call the golf course, which is where we have some outdoor sets. And you you drive along a road called River Road, and it's a very beautiful road, and it has a levee on the bank, levee on the bank. And you know, I, I drive myself to work, and I think I'm the luckiest person in the world. I'm driving to work next to the Mississippi. What's really nice is now that we've been here for a while and we've uh, made friends with the people who live here and work here. Uh, more of the city's kind of opened up to us than is available to the average tourist or somebody who's only here for a week. So you get to see other aspects of the city and really only makes you love it more. It's a really it's a phenomenal place. Nola's a silent character in the way that people come to work after having a good weekend of food and art and, you know, whatever. And I think that just fills people up and we bring that to work but also we try to make sure that as a cast we're kind of putting in like little t-shirts that say nola on it and because the spirit of the city is it's a city of the people and it's a city of family and fun and freedom and i think that's everything leverage speaks to not everything is the shiniest or the cleanest or the most proper but getting down and dirty and, and having some fun while you're doing it i think is very apropos Girl, what are you doing? I'm trying to get my Christian cane on. See, what? punches, hair flips, hair flips. Why don't we? Why don't we hear from Christian about what yeah. what he actually does to become Christian King? Okay, check this out. You know, we've just been so fortunate for so many years of doing this show to where I've worked on shows where it's Shakespeare. You know what I mean? Joss Whedon, I love the guy. He gave he gave me all this life, an angel. But you said it, it was Shakespeare, and you said every word verbatim, which is great for some shows, and it, and it worked for that show. But, uh, but with this one, we've got, we've got rocket scientists. We've got guys that have worked in the comedic business and in the movie business for so many years, it's ridiculous. And they allow us to riff. They allow us to see something and, and then just come up with something, you know? And, it's, uh, and that's very rare in this world, you know, especially when we started. You know, we started this in 2007 in Chicago. And you just didn't do it back then, you know what I mean? And we've had so much fun, but we, you know, we were kind of told at an early age, it was like, look, you're never gonna win an award. You know, we're not a comedy, we're not a drama, we're not a dramedy, we're, some, you know, we're a heist, we're this and that. And so there's, no, there's nowhere to put us when it comes to award season. Well, we got the People's Choice because that's one of the only things we probably could've got. We won the People's Choice, beat Walking Dead, because that was like, what's your favorite show? So it's so much fun for us to be able to do drama and then turn around and do comedy. 
And um, some of our best comedy is when we're actually doing drama. We're, we're, we're not slapstick. Sometimes we can be, but a lot of the times the, com uh, the, the, the comedy just comes from us saying the lines almost as serious as we can be. And that's just, the, that's the fun of the show. So the show was like very serious, talk about serious subject matters and, and serious things happen, action. But you guys have these, this kind of, these beats of comedy that you put in there, are they already written in the script or is that something that you guys kind of naturally do on your own? Well, we know our voices so well. And it's like a tension relief within the team as well, I think, you know, it's not, um, we need that kind of relief too. So when we do get into big scenes together, we do kind of riff on the lines. We don't say the lines exactly as written. We know each other's timing really well. And yeah, it kind of happens naturally. You know, as we're sitting here and we get the opportunity to watch you do what you do. It's not just the cast that's the family, but it's very clear that it's production wide. It's the entire operation of Leverage. So talk to me about, you know, just that relationship that you have with production and just that tight knit bond. Gary Camp, our operator, and, and Dave Connell, our, our DP, we've been together on, on every episode we've Since ever shot. Since 2007 in Chicago for the pilot, yeah. And it's like being, having a kind of psychic relationship with people, you know, like when Gary's behind the camera, it, it's interesting having guest stars in because obviously guest stars come in with a different energy and they're nervous and they've just maybe got a couple of scenes and they want to get it right and so they maybe don't find their positioning, you know, and it's the same for me. If I go and guest on the show, same for Christian, if he gets on a show and you need to kind of find your, your, your equilibrium a bit. But with us, we walk onto a set with Gary, picks up a camera and we're doing the waltz. He's the lead and we follow and it's, it is like dancing. Yeah, it is a lot. A lot, you know, we and we get thrown into these cities. We get thrown in. We were thrown into to Portland, Oregon. They took us up from where we lived. All of us slammed us into the city that need, none of us had ever been before, and we were forced to kind of be a family. You know what I mean? Which worked out. I mean, even with the, the crew. And when I say the cast got off work and would go have dinner, there's six, seven people. The crew that would come with yeah. us too. I mean, it's a, when I say family, it's not just us. It's everyone. Yeah, Nadine has stayed with me in London. You know, she and I obviously have been on a real journey with Sophie's wardrobe. And that, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about about season two. You know, last year we saw Sophie, she was mourning and her costumes really reflected that. And this year we got together and she was like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do color. Sophie's loving life. She's living her best fashion life this year. It's all about color print. She's bold. You know, today I'm wearing this bright pink outfit and you're going to see Sophie's just going to be beautiful and bold this season with her fashion choices, you know, but she and I have that connection. Like we, 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 we really like bounce off each other where I'll, I'll, I'll sort of, she'll go, what are you thinking? And I'm like, I'm thinking color. And then suddenly she takes it to a whole other level. And it, it's like with Christian, I, I hear him talk about his fights sometimes. And it's like listening to a, like a choreographer on, you know, for the Royal Ballet. It's like, it's, we, we have such a language with everything that we do and the people we collaborate with, not just as friends, but on a professional level too, that um, just always makes us feel like we're, 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 we're living our best life, professional life, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. We asked you to caption some photos on Instagram, and here are some of our favorites. Check it out. Thank you. 
Thanks so much for watching. You can follow us on social media platforms at After Leverage. And we will be back next week to talk about the belly of the beast job. We sat down with the writer of the episode, Jill Weinberger, and we have more from John Rogers. There's so much. We're here every week telling you everything. So join us. Don't yes. miss it. Until next time, I'm Yel Teagle. I'm Felicia Michelle, and this, this has, has been, been a, a very, very distinctive, distinctive podcast. podcast.